We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. I welcome to another episode of Talking Buffalo, your weekday daily driver for Buffalo sports talk and more. I'm your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you for watching, for listening. Appreciate you all very much. Today's episode is presented by Imperial Pizza. Two locations, the staple in South Buffalo, 1035 Abbott Road. Brand new location. I feel like I keep saying brand new. It's not really brand new anymore. It's just new. 1665 Main Street in Buffalo. Make sure you go check them out. Some of the best pizza uh, you'll find anywhere. This episode is dropping on Friday, so this is Fan Friday. I'm joined or second consecutive episode by my buddy Tone Pucks. If you're watching us on the video side, I suppose it doesn't matter on the audio, but if you're watching on the video side, we got the same shit on, man. I feel like maybe we should have considered a, a clothing change before doing back-to-back. People are like, don't you change your shit? I had a thought. Um, I, I was going to go like uh, like maybe sunglasses and the, and the Bills hoodie <laughs> for the first one. And then strip down to the MLB shirt, just like my regular specs and the MLB shirt. Um, oh God, can I tell you though, man? Like your your start to the show, your preamble there is just exhausting every every time, every every single time. I'm I feel like, like I, I feel you like you you're... just get through this, and I actually do get through how it. Quick. I am or, or something. Dude, I'm actually I I feel like I get through that relatively quickly. I mean, man. yeah, you, you Matt you, Perino reads off a full ad for oh, tops God. every time before I he brings in Ryan Talbot. You don't have the patience for that. You I wouldn't don't. You, you wouldn't be able to deal with that. Um, all right, so here's what we're doing today. Uh again, fan Friday. I've been doing most of these now, or I should say most Fridays for quite a while. Fans, listeners, watchers of the show, they send in questions and comments, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, uh, the YouTube channel, email, whatever it may be. I collect them. Typically, I answer them today because I have you on with me again. And by the way, I want to preface this too. You have no earthly idea what any of these questions are. So they're literally on the fly. We don't do show prep, man. We don't really talk much, if at all, about what we're going to talk about on the show until we're actually recording. But you anyway. really played with fire this morning, though, bro. I mean, to not send me a reminder text 
fucking <laughs> dad, dad, you were playing with I talked fire to you, I this talked morning. To you Wednesday, or I mean, the day Monday, before. we went like a whole day. Wow. We went like a whole day. We set this up on Monday, went a whole day. And for you not to come, I was 15%. I was 15% waiting for some form of text. Where something See, went I wrong. thought I might have an out. I thought I, I thought <laughs> I thought it might be possible where I could, you know, come up with something kid related and like you wouldn't be all mad, mad. But it turned out that I was semi looking forward to it, actually. I, right. Who would have who would have thunk? All right. Well, let's get to these questions because we actually have a hard out for this episode. You speaking to your kids, you got to make sure that you're home back. We are recording this. Wednesday afternoon. So if anything crazy happens with the Bills or the Sabres from now through when you hear or watch us on Friday, just want to let you know we've already recorded this and that's not why it's addressed. Let's get right to these questions because there's enough that uh, I want to try to get to them all in the time that we have. At Lucinder67 says, what are the chances the Bills re-sign Gabe Davis and how would you feel about it if it ends up happening? Uh, the chances are, um, super slim, 5%, you know, 5% or less. And I would be fine with it. I don't think they'd break the bank on Gabe. I think maybe Gabe would look ahead, see a market that, um, you know, that comes up a little short of his liking because of like maybe the huge receiver class, mm -hmm. um, you know, that's forthcoming. So, you know, maybe he doesn't love his market. Buffalo swoops in and finds a way. Um, but I think it's I think it's really slim. The only scenario I see is one, um, and I think I'd be fine with any of these things that I'm talking about right now. All okay. right. Whether they swooped in with um and grabbed Gabe with their existing uh, you know, group. And obviously still adding one, still adding one. There's that component as well. How would I be with it? Talk to me after the draft. Uh, or what comes first? Free agency. Free agency comes first. Free agency yeah. comes well. Yeah. Um, a month and a half for the draft. If there is something that could end up happening um, that the Bills and, and Stefan Diggs part ways. Uh, I, again, the money says no way, right? The, the money says no way, but you know, it's not as impossible as last year, but all still these, all, there's a lot of other things that, uh, um, you know, that can fuel this. Uh, sure. and if that were to happen and the bills, I think the bills would probably make a, find a way to, 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 you know, uh, to make Gabe Davis the face of that of that receiver room. So that might slot into the 5% as well, but not enough to really give it a bump. All right. I think that's just part of, uh, you know, the answer of how I, how I maybe get to 5% for what otherwise appears to be a guy who just priced himself out of Buffalo. Yeah. Um, I I'd say same thing, 10, 15% chance. Maybe I don't remember who reported it, but I heard not heard like from, inside information but i heard publicly that the bills didn't even try to sign gabe davis like they didn't even talk about an extension during the season to me that's pretty telling they lack that explosive playmaker right now and that's going to be priority number one i think it's going to come during the draft you get a rookie four or five year deal depending on if he's a first or second rounder uh how many balls is a wide receiver two going to get in this offense if Diggs stays which i certainly think he's going to you're running the ball more effectively 
Kincaid, Shakir has arrived. I don't know, man. I can see Gabe Davis. Plus, somebody's going to pay him. He's going to go get three years, thirty-six million. Yeah. The, when somewhere. I said, when I said, you know, I, I meant to qualify that. When I said that he looks and doesn't see a market that he loves, um, I think the chances of that happening are extremely slim. Sure. I think the market's going to be there for him. Yeah, he'll, I, I he'll get some. I think it's going to be there for him. I think I, his best days might be ahead of him, too. I do. I don't, I don't think he's the four-touchdown, 200-yard receiver he was against the Chiefs in 2021 playoffs, but I also don't think he's the guy who gets no catches or one catch for eight yards six different times during a season like he did uh, with the Bills. I don't I don't know what he's a we didn't get enough Gabe. We didn't get enough Gabe with Joe Brady all right, to see what that could potentially look like. I know. Look great against Philly. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I think Gabe is a guy that Brady was not able to um, increase his role on the fly. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just just to, because he was beholden to so much of uh, of the Dorsey, uh, you know, playbook sure. and installations. So. You know, that that really kept, I think, you know, Brady from being able to sit down in an offseason and look at how he can really use Gabe Davis. Sure. And it looks like that time's not going to come. But you don't want to uh, explore, not in this episode, but you don't think there might be a, uh, a another tension type of uh off-season forthcoming with Steph and and oh, and what the yes. Bills and what the Bills can or should do about it. I think it's coming. It's coming too. How I much of it is going to be media creation, fan creation right, versus right, legit? Right. Who knows about that? Look, last point on Gabe Davis, I don't because we got a bunch of questions I want to get to. But the last point I'll say is this is I think this is going to be a difference between the Bills this offseason versus the last couple of off-seasons where Maybe a couple off-seasons ago, if you want Gabe Davis, you're going to find a way to keep him. This off-season, cap reasons, stuff like that, guys like Gabe Davis, you, you might want him, but you're not, you just, you don't have the money to pay $10, $12, 13000000 million per season for Gabe Davis. So you're going to feel a cap crunch in certain aspects of this team this year that you have not felt over the last few years. Uh, let's keep going here. Dilton AF3 says, if you were Terry Bagula and the choice was completely yours, would you fire or retain Sean McDermott right now? I think I know what your answer is going to be. So let me give you a quick follow-up of my own. This is my own. Are you concerned that Sean McDermott is Tony Dungy in Tampa, where he helped build the team, but he could only get him so far, and then they ended up getting... I'm sorry. Yeah, it was with Tampa. John Gruden comes in, and they win a Super Bowl afterwards. Like, is it going to take another coach to get you over the hump? So I guess answer his question if if you would fire Bagula or not. And uh are you concerned about Sean not being able to is he that Tony Dungy? And uh or is it too early to say that? Like he deserves more time. Yeah, I'm gonna take that last uh second out that you just gave me there. Um I I think I need a I think I need a couple more years of uh okay. of, this, of this sort of bad luck. Okay. I, I think I need a couple more years of this sort of bad luck. Um, I know it's real, real excuse sounding with regards to <clears throat> um, running into a dynasty and, you know, uh, being a number two seed when it's stopped being important. Yeah. You know, look, I know it, it, the injuries also more game specific. Um, 
But Sean McDermott's been right there a bunch of times, man. And other than flubbing 13 seconds, there's nothing else that jumps off the resume and says, this guy fucked up your playoff game. Okay. One. So, I mean, a simple answer, then you're you're not firing Sean McDermott. If you're Terry Bagula, he's still your coach in 2024, right? Uh, that And that may be true of any, let's just say not any coach in the league, but any available coach um, that I could have, that I could knowingly replace him with, the answer would still be If Bill Belichick no. was available Not in right a million now. years. Okay, that's fair. Not even Harbaugh. I don't want Harbaugh over McDermott. Mm. I don't want anybody over really? McDermott. All, All right. right, McDermott is right there in the mix every single year, and he only truly fucked it up one time. Clip it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, clip it. He only clip truly it. That's, fucked it up that's one clip. Time. I, I agree. Well, no, I don't completely agree, but that is <clears throat> that's a good take, man. All right, at Dutch Flats says, as long as McDermott keeps the Bills competitive, Terry Bagula will keep him on board. I think ownership and fans have different scoreboards they pay attention to, like Ralph Wilson. I'm grateful that they have his team in a small market like Buffalo, but I don't sense they want a championship team on the field because they aren't driven by that motivation. Ah, that I mean that that's more of a statement than a question. I don't know. Do we really have anything to add to that? Um, well, like, I'll, I, I'll I say this. I'll say this. I think it opens up uh, a fun conversation that should start being had. All right, especially once we start making the trek to that stadium next year and start to see some real above ground progress across the street. Okay, that you know new monstrosity. The era of that new monstrosity that's hang that's looming now in a positive way, that becomes the business of the Buffalo Bills. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it's necessarily has to correlate directly to are we going into that era with Sean McDermott? You know what I mean? Is this, you know, is is this are we still in the Josh Allen era? You would certainly expect to be, but you know, if you want to get off the football side for a minute and think about ulterior owner motives or business model motives, mm-hmm. that is the one, you know, that is going to dominate the way this club does business over the course of the next uh, five years. And, 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 and the marketing, you know, the business of marketing as well. This team's going to keep trying to win championships as long as it has Josh Allen and especially, you know, Sean, Sean McDermott, they're not going to take that step back. The next step back is the end of the Sean McDermott era. He's not going to take that step back. They're going to keep grinding, and they're probably, A, just smart enough, all right, to keep it to, to keep the salary cap afloat, and B, probably correctly optimistic that this fucking cap's just going to keep growing and growing and growing because the thing's a monster. Sure. I, I guess it's two parts. You said on yesterday's show, and I agree with you 100%, Brandon Bean did everything he could to win the Bills championship this past season. Going some from the free agent additions, doing what they could with the cap, going out and getting guys like Leonard Floyd, you know, who in June, um, signing Puna Ford as depth, even though he didn't really do much during the season. Uh, Linval Joseph, when Daquan Jones went down, training for Rasul Douglas. It's not like he just sat by and, uh, you know, let the chips fall where they may. I thought he was pretty as aggressive, as aggressive as he could be. 
So I'm not saying that I don't think the Bills are trying to win a championship because I certainly do. Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott. But do you think, I guess, it's not really a question, but do you think Terry Bagula is just satisfied with this team being good year after year after year? 1,000% yes. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Terry McGull is just ecstatic to have the Bills right now and, and have his legacy be all right, the Bills winning uh a little bit and you know get get the stench of the Sabres off of him. I think he's I think he's just giddy to have a seat at the at the table. And and you know what? That dehumanizes other things that are happening right now with the guy. So I don't want I don't want to do that. Um man, the guy's there's a lot. There's a lot there, man. The, the, mm -hmm. the way, all right, the prominent face of the ownership group and somebody that this town really, really liked in Kim Pagula um, is no longer kind of part of us, you know, right. in, in, in that piece. Um, so the guy's, you know, the guy's been, ha has a ton of shit. Uh, I think he's fine with his football team just being good. and He's, being, he's not George Steinbrenner. He's not he's no, not no, winner no. or this season sucked. Um, yeah, I agree. If Sean McDermott wins you 10, 11 games in a division title or in a playoff game, he might be the head coach for another eight years. Mike, like Mike, 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 Tomlin, well, Mike Tomlin did win a Super Bowl, and he's also never had a losing season in 17 years. But I can see that long-term situation. Got to win one somewhere along the way, though. All right, Zippo Raid says, Everyone claimed this whole Tyler Dunn thing was piling on a beating team. Turns out Tyler might have saved the season. Um, well, that's more of a statement again. Let me ask you this, though. Do you think that article had a legitimate effect on this team? Because it looked like they were toast after that Philly game. Um, just so you saw the locker room after they beat the Chiefs with Brandon Bean, giving him McDermott the game ball, Bakula there smiling. I guess I'll, I'll ask you this. How much of an effect do you think that story had on Sean and maybe the team and the players rallying around him? Cause usually I'm sure they don't give a shit about stories, but this one seemed to hit really close to home uh, for the bills. Do you think it had an impact on how the back half of the season played out? A ton. Me too. Just a ton, I, man. Too, man. I don't know how to, I don't know. How Imagine to being a writer. And and having some a of it's kind of, kind, some of it's kind of phony. All right. But look, I, I, and I, I love comparing, you know, my football experiences to NFL experiences. Look, I get it. I'm a shitty high school football coach. All right. But man, when I, I'll, I'll sit there on some team sideline and they will just find the goofiest things to get fired up about and stuff sure. like that. Look, it, it just makes them pay that much. It's like I've always said about, you know, the Patriot way. All right. Hey, man, if that just gets them paying attention, just that extra five seconds in a film room to where they jump a slant route to win a Super Bowl, then the fucking Patriot way works. Sure. All right. And and I kind of feel the same way, um, you know, with with McDermott. What were you we talking about? Bring me back. Bring me back real quick. Oh, just Tyler's Tyler's article having a an impact on their season. Oh, yes. The yes, thought of, yes. a, the thought of the, a writer, yes. an independent writer on his own website putting out a story that actually yes, had it an mattered. It just it, it, it can matter everywhere, man. When yeah. you motivate the man, 
all right, it can matter everywhere. That's how I got sidetracked. I was a believer that, you know, just the slightest bit of additional motivation that makes a kid, a 22-year-old kid, pay attention in a film room, okay, that, that shit matters, man, because trust me, I'm sure these dudes get tired of all that stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? I love to use the 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 uh, Lamar, um, Marshawn Lynch should have ran it play as an example of of the patriot way man they knew yeah. that pass was coming sure right they knew that pass was coming a yeah. kid um they were highly motivated man and they played kansas city and dallas back to back so it's not like they played two bums yeah a bunch of shit fell, a bunch of shit fell their way too you know what i mean it got a lot of good fortune fell their way but they were able to you know to 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 run with that man yeah yeah that article mattered i don't that have... article man and i think it made mcdermott more aggressive too not oh. to you know, big time. I think it made so it was, you know, just think about it. It though. changed them. I think it changed. I think it changed Sean's thinking a little bit. I think maybe it made him evaluate some things. I know it made him a more aggressive coach. That's not even fucking debatable. If you watch these games in the back half of the season, the way the Bills were going for it on fourth and short, the fake punt, whether it worked or not, <sighs> so Sean was absolutely aggressive. What's he more? No, no, not so much against the Chiefs. Anyway, I want to move on because we got other ones, but. That brings up a good talking point. I want to remember it for, for the next uh, show that we do together. Uh, Cam says, Jordan Poyer is under contract for one more year with a $7.4 billion cap hit. Bills can save $5.47 million if they cut him this offseason. Should the Bills keep him or cut him loose? Man, you, I thought about this today. I, I don't know. I don't know why. Uh, certainly, we didn't talk about it or anything like that, but I thought of specifically about Poyer. Um, I think he's, uh, I think you're going to get a $7.4 million value from him next year. If he remains a bill, I do. I think he's still a good, I think he's still yeah. a good football player. I don't think he needs to be attached, you know, you know, to, to hide, but if for whatever reason, there's a belief and maybe that belief just might be in the way that, um, that they attack the position under Babbage, like, you know, in, in McDermott's type of what we saw over the Hyde Poyer years were two interchangeable safeties. Either one could be deep, either one could be up around the line. Towards the end, it was always Poyer closer to the line. But the Bills would say that their safeties are mostly interchangeable. Sure. Okay. If the Bills feel as though perhaps they're targeting, you know, the safety from Miami, because yeah, it wouldn't shock me if they went early there. But the bills may be looking at maybe a more traditional free safety, strong safety type of type of thing. And, you know, they might want to start that fresh and save themselves 5 million, but it really, depending upon um, what the, what the backup plan is, I think the bills could still get uh, above average, above replacement level play, um, from a from a leader and a guy who loves it here and a guy who's certainly all the intangibles. Um, and those you know, matter. You want to. Those matter. Intangibles matter. Leadership matters. I agree with you for a lot of the reasons you said, and I'm also going to throw in that leadership role. I don't know, you know, with the defense that's going to have Milano and Bernard, you know, God willing, they're both healthy. Ed Oliver, Greg Rizzo, Vaughn Miller, during an off season where he's going to be a hundred percent. I don't, and I think Micah Hyde's either going to retire or he's, they're just going to move on from him. I don't want to replace both safeties. And I thought Jordan Poyer played well enough, especially in the back half of the season that I think he's worth the money. Um, if you got to cut 
some fat from the, the, the cap. I think you find other ways to do it. Again, we talked about it yesterday. Big players, good players, just find a way to make a play when the game matters. Jordan Boyer, it was only by a half yard, whatever. Maybe was some luck involved, but he knocked that ball loose just short of the goal line. He's one of the few Bills star players that actually stepped up, not counting Josh Allen, of course, and made a big play for his football team when they desperately needed it. Is this going to be Jordan Poyer that you saw in 2019, 2020, 21? No. I mean, father time gets you. But I still think he's a very useful player. Go get yourself another safety alongside him. I don't want to replace both safeties. Because then you're talking about messing with the backfield a lot. Where you're going to have Rasul Douglas and Benford and Teron Johnson back. Give me Poyer back. And I'm good with getting one new safety. But uh, anyway, yeah, I definitely want Poyer back. And I think it would be a mistake to, to cut him. Uh, at this point, I'm gonna take a real quick break. Come back, got more fan Friday questions. She got a saber question or two as well, and some other fun stuff. Be right back. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, I'm back here with Tone Pucks Fan Friday. Uh, let's keep going here. At Good Announcing says, if the Sabres don't come off the break red hot and climb back in, how much of a seller should Kevin Adams be? Who's most likely to be traded? Who would you like to see be traded? Middlestat's a fr restricted free agent, by the way. I went and looked at who their free agents are. Yeah. Middlestat, Krebs, Yoki Haru are restricted after this year. Uh, Olafson, Gergeson, Nakposo, Robinson are all unrestricted. Anyway, just want to throw that out. What do you think? Well, I think, uh, you know, the veteran guys have to be given a um, an option. You know, uh, like Eric Johnson, man, do you, you want to go play in another Stanley Cup playoff? Um, Jordan Greenway might be that. <laughs> Shit, man. Kyle Poso might be that, man. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? You could you could be potentially looking at a changing of the guard, you know, in in you know, before before the trade deadline. A changing of the guard before this season really wraps up. Um, 
my guess is though, and and the middle stat thing, I don't know. <laughs> I, what do you do there? He's actually playing better, okay, than the guys that you paid to be your one and your two, but you're getting t- entirely invested, yeah, in in those two already. You got Oslin or Ustlin coming up, coming up the pipe. Um, Dylan, mm-hmm. the, the 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 cousins contract was too damn early. Him and Middlestat should be, you know, both kind of coming up right now to kind of gauge that. They just, they fucked it up so bad, man, that I just don't think, you know, um, it's going to happen overnight. Let me ask you this. Middle, let's use so I don't know stat. what to do with middle stat. Okay. I don't know what to do with middle stat. Okay, because just let it ride, let it ride out, let them hold out, let your let your team take shape over an entire off season, and then see where middle stat slots. If you got to sit there with them, you know, pissed off at you for a while, then you got to just hold on to the asset. All right. So you ask, you kind of answer my question because I want to say don't the other guys, it. everyone else, the free, the free agents, most of those guys don't fucking matter. You're gonna get a fifth or sixth round pick. That ain't doing shit for you, Krebs. And Middlestat are two young guys who are be restricted. If you trade Middlestat now, obviously you trade him, he's gone. If you don't, he goes into being a restricted free agent this offseason. So you still kind of control the cards, but he might say, Yo, I'm not going to sign with you. And but you could trade him over the summer, or you could even trade him next year. Is it too premature because you feel like this team could get better, even if it's not this year, as early as next year, they could be better? I think that's probably the biggest decision that Kevin Adams is going to have to make is what he does with middle stat to a smaller extent, Krebs. Um, at 17S, shock screens. An athlete that was a favorite of yours in the past that you wish could you could see compete in that sport against players and teams of today. And again, I didn't tell you any of these, so you're kind of thinking on the fly here. But an athlete that you've liked in the past that you wish played today against today's competition. You got one? Do you got one? Uh, no, <laughs> I didn't even really think of one. I mean, I did that. The easy answer, of course, would be Michael Jordan. I mean, I'd love to see Michael Jordan play against uh, the players in the NBA today, and he'd still be. Michael well, I like Jordan. the idea. I, I like the idea of a guy because I think Mike's game would transition so easily into today's, and we we would just see Mike do what Mike did. You know, in a very comparable way to watching LeBron do what LeBron does. And Mike's game transcends. I got one, though. Mike's game transcends, bro. Sure. But for me, and I know the game has changed significantly, equipment, not the least bit, uh, withstanding. But show me, show me Wayne Gretzky in today's NHL. All right. Is, is he, um, where is McDavid with with him? You know what I mean. Yeah. Show show me something like that. Where are he and is is he just is he just McDavid slash or slash McKinnon or whatever uh, you know who had incredible Hall of Famers around him, or is he still just a little extra special? Just just because yeah. there's, there's nobody more Agreed. more thought of as number one in their sport to me than uh, so unanimously than Wayne Gretzky. I had somebody pop in my mind. As I was thinking, Randall Cunningham would be fun to watch in today's NFL. It's always he was, with the football. With he was you. so you are such a one trick I, I kind of always with the football with you. The football, the foot. I am sitting here salivating over being able to address this Nick Senzel and Joe Adele 
trades that I'm trying to make in my <laughs> deep ass dynasty baseball league. All I want to do is get back to texting those guys because of the waiver wire restrictions involved in each trade. Is that what and you, all you want to talk about is Randall Cunningham. If you're watching this on, on the video side, by the way, are you, you've been on your phone a lot during this. Not time, a lot. So I just, are you checking got, on time got, or are you working on no, a trade? I, I got distracted once uh, trying to read four texts at the same time, <laughs> but not being able to address these fantasy baseball deals uh, at, at the uh, the midnight deadline for for your f to be at the forty man roster, not being able to address those because of this show All might, right, might one, come back might come back and and cost me uh, one trick pony or not one trick pony or not though Randall Cunningham would be fun in today's NFL. He almost transcended his position too much at the time with the coordinators and the and the personnel he had around him. Imagine him playing in today's NFL. It'd be so much fun. Follow-up question, though, because I didn't think of somebody, but I did have a question based on this quickly here. Larry Bird, one of the greatest NBA players who's ever lived. Would he have the athleticism to be great in today's NBA? Do you think? I mean, he was so great, but man, it's just today's players are just so much more athletic. The big men are like small forward uh athleticism compared to 30 years ago that's like i think that's a good question it's fine it's fine um he's still is he luca he's still a no no he's not luca if, he, if you're telling me that larry bird simply has the, the speed that he had you know in, in his prime right. you know the, the speed and quickness that he had in his prime then he's certainly quickness yes not speed, no. not yeah. not luca um i'm trying Cause I, I have, I, I got a little NBA uh, action out there on the fantasy side. I I follow it closely enough, but nothing's nothing's come to me yet with him. Um, probably because I'm only thinking white players. Because you know, let's be honest, <laughs> you're kind of saying <laughs> something a little bit. Um, <laughs> it's not it's not coming to mind, but not so much. Not like uh, you know, not like uh, you know. I'd like to see Babe Ruth hit a 99. You know what I mean? I, I'm not, you're not going so bananas out of, out of eras. Right. All right. That, uh, that the player wouldn't still be great. He would, he would certainly still be great, but it'd be a niche role. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I'm trying to think of, uh, of a comparable stat line. I just feel like the, the power forwards and the centers today are Is just he all Julius Randle? No, you hate Julius Randle, so you don't want that. He's an empty. Want, he, Julius Randle is Stefan Diggs. Example. Julius Randle, Stefan Diggs. The box scores look great until the playoffs. All right, get to the next. And question. They don't. All right, I will get to the next question here. Um, let me make sure I got the right one there. Oh, at Clark Junior U nine says this is for me, but you can answer this anyway. You bitch about living in Buffalo a lot. <laughs> I do. I bitch all the time. Living. Yeah. Living. Okay. He says, you bitch about living in Buffalo a lot. If you could live anywhere else besides the Buffalo area or Florida, again, this was addressed to me where I lived for five and a half years, where would you live that would make you bitch less? So I guess let me just turn around and, and you can answer this. It was directed towards me because I fucking hate the winter. I hate this cold. I, I hibernate and I get seasonal depression. Anyway, so I bitch about it a lot, but he said, I can't pick Florida. So you can't pick Florida. Where would you live right now if you could live anywhere you wanted besides this area or Florida? Where would you live? Well, it's a place that knows how to party. Knows how to party. K 
California. Uh, really? You want to go to California? Knows how to party. Really? Fuck yeah, man. Give me the sun every fucking day, bro. Give me the sun every day. All right. 70, 80, the perfect. Uh, give me the perfect, you know, still American climate. That's that's what I want. I, I, I'm, I'm known to be a little snowflakey. California is more my people. I'm sorry. Really, that, that is that your jam. Have, California that, is that, your jam. That may offend. There's, <laughs> more, there's more weed floating around. Right, um, it makes more sense. To you. you're, give me, you're, you're I, give me, me California all day, well, every that's day. A state. That's where I want to go. Specific area. Where's our boy Jay? Live? Where's Jay, man? Just give me <laughs> Jay. All right, fuck it. I'll just I'll live with Jay in like in the heartland. All right. Just, I I like a, give me Jay. A city like Charlotte where you get four legit seasons, but not the snow. Sounds good. But I got to tell you. I hate whack sports teams. Like, I don't want to live in a town with whack sports teams. And Charlotte's just fucking whack. I know the Panthers are, uh, yeah, the Carolina Panthers suck. The Hurricanes are good, but I just think they're whack. They got any other teams? Is it the Hornets? Yeah. Yeah, yeah fuck that. I'm like, I don't want to go to Charlotte. I don't know. My answer is, I don't know. I am, I'm going to live here and bitch about this. A place good answer. Forever. Good answer. <laughs> Frank Serve says, favorite rewatchable. There's only three more left here. Frank Serve, favorite rewatchable TV show. Ooh, that's good stuff, Frank. Yeah, that's good stuff. Um, I look, there, there are there are shows that I've binged three or four different times. Uh, Lost being one, Breaking Bad. Never being, seen Lost. But yeah, it was a little out of my out of my lane, but I fell in love with it enough to where at least two or three long ass rewatches. Mm -hmm. Um. So, you know, but it, 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 it really comes back to HBO for me, man. All right. I'm a circle back. I'm a circle back on Sopranos. I'm a circle back on the wire. I'm a circle back on game of Thrones. Uh, you know, if I'm, if I'm just sitting around and I need an episode of something, all right, that isn't going to make me just kind of hate myself in my life. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going to throw me on some Jon Snow type victory type shit. Okay. I, <laughs> That's that's a show I never expected to love because I'm just not. It's not my thing. Sci-fi, fantasy shit. That's well, not my shit. Lost but it. I loved it. I loved it though. Game of Thrones became one of my favorite shows. I mean, the easy answer for me is The Office. I say that all the time. I will tell you this: it's getting easier and more enjoyable to rewatch shows because as I'm getting older and losing my faculties a little bit, I forget about a lot of details. I can watch The Office for like an eighth or ninth time now, and I'm gonna forget stuff as I go through it all the time. I'm with HBO too, but I'm going to say one that you didn't, and it's actually about to start the final season. I can watch Curb Your Enthusiasm over and over again too. That Larry Davis just fucking so funny, man. I, I I never get sick of watching Curb episodes ever, just because of the fucking humor and, and what the plot, the stories are, which are just dumb. But there are things that we can relate to. No, nah, I love so, Curb. Yeah. I pop pop in an episode of Curb um, anytime. Two more here. Uh, well, well, Pit, well, it's Johnny says you're a video game guy. Question mark. Again, this is to me. I know you are. So I'm actually looking forward to asking you this. You're a video game guy. Your single all time favorite video game, which that might be hard for you because you enjoy and play so many games and you've done it for a long time. Well, look, what I can do is I, I can pretty much pinpoint, you know, in each era what 
sort of uh, game just absolutely made me, you know, go head over heels. Like I got to have this, this system or, or, or whatever mm-hmm. be the case. All right. The first, the first game to do that was, was NHL 94. All right. I just, you know, the, the, it was the, yeah. the, the Sabres were sitting there with McGillney and LaFontaine scoring, you know, 150 points and, and you could run with that and you had a good second. So, so the era hit beautifully for the, you know, for, for the hometown interests. Um, after that was whatever the first, um, council was that played Madden as tight as, uh, as it was when Scully had it, but neither one of us did. And we were living together on Lovering and we kept making him sleep over so we could play that. Madden. <laughs> I don't know what year it was. Bro. I don't remember the year. I don't know what year it was for that Madden, but I remember being like, I have to be attached to this game all day long. Scully, you're sleeping over, bro. Maybe 96 ish. Maybe 97? later. It was close. Yeah. It was pushing up against 2000, probably really? a little bit. I think maybe. No, oh, I was with I was with my well my now wife. I was with her in '99. I started bartending AJ's in '98. It was '96, '97. I'm telling That's you. That's when you were being kind of predatory on AOL. <laughs> <laughs> AOL true true AOL story, bro. Oh, predatory is a little true. bit strong, bro. <laughs> but I, what I was doing, what I was doing, was hooking up with chicks randomly on AOL. Yeah, there was and this that. was during an era where. Nobody had pictures, barely, barely anybody had a picture. Quick little fun fact. We got about seven minutes here. You went with me to Toronto. Do you remember that? Oh, we went to Toronto. We went to Toronto debacle. to meet up with an <laughs> I met an AOL chick online oh. and I wanted to meet her in person. And again, I think she sent me a phony photo. I, I think it, in hindsight now, as I'm thinking about the whole story, I think she sent me a photo that wasn't her. So it was like a, a catfish. But she didn't send me a scorching hot. Definitely not a catfish. No, she was not a catfish. What? No, I mean she didn't. Oh. Nor did she catfish you. All right. No, she no, 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 no. I was definitely not catfish. I, I think she sent me a photo. Oh, she was not a catfish. Or maybe I, I it was a photo saying. of just like here, you know, top of the neck up or something. Right. I don't know. Anyway, long story short, it's I went true. all the way to Toronto to meet a girl that I had never met before in my life. Brought you with me. I brought and you. I was part of, I think the need at the time was transportation. All right. I'm pretty, I don't yeah, think yeah. that was one of you. Uh, I don't think you had a whip at that time. I think no. that's, I think that's how I got right. talked into it. I right. had to drive you. And the only reason I went is because the bills or the Sabres and Bruins were playing like game six of a playoff series the next day. And I was like, so amped up for it. And I just needed to kill time. I remember <laughs> I just needed to kill time. So I'm like, I remember it. It was, I'll, I'll go to, I'll go to Toronto. With I remember it was disappointing. Goofball. She was, it was a disappointing encounter. I think I still kissed her anyway. <laughs> and we ended up at her. It was a Saturday night. Cause we were at her family's house. It was like, yeah, hockey it was night hockey in night in Canada. You want to know why you want to know why? And this, I can actually, tell a fun story about this but i got stuck in the family living room <laughs> all right watching the leafs on hockey night in canada and i'm talking about the family just sitting down all disciplined and shit <laughs> all right mom dad 
you know, little little brother and stuff like that, and they are cheering on their leaps all dorkily <laughs> and shit. And I'm over there sitting off to the side because, like, you got invited into her room, and if I'm not mistaken, so it's, there's parent supervision. She ain't doing shit. <laughs> she ain't doing shit. All right? But I, I swear to God, I think the mom said, well, why don't you guys go play on the computer that you met on? <laughs> and I was just like, "What the fuck is happening right now, man?" And I, and I'm and that was it. But it's what I enjoyed was actually being able to kind of put an actual experience to sitting in a in, in a Canadian living room on Saturday night for a night of hockey night <laughs> yeah. in Canada, and just oh, to, my Lord. yeah, I, I mean. But yeah, that was that was terrible. What got us here again? <laughs> I love that story. I, was, I don't know. I, I wanted video, to, I wanted favorite the whole video thing. game somehow turned into me meeting AOL chicks blindly in uh yes. in Toronto. We uh, were talking about hold on, I got my last one. <laughs> when the PS5 came out, man, I was getting that like a lot of you motherfuckers out there, right? Getting that six hundred dollars for doing nothing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I went and grabbed me two of them bitches, two PS5. So NHL 94, I believe the, the PlayStation 2, okay, and then ultimately the, the launch of the PS5. For me, always sports games, though, even though I know that's lame because there are so many better genres out there to dive into. Um, but I, I, I end up just not having the commitment for it. Other than, other than Donkey Kong and Space Invaders when I was a kid, I never played any non-sports games in my life. Ever. It was poor. Never. No one poor. Well, oh, I I thought, I'm sorry. Poor. I thought you were just going to say I, I never poor. had a video game. <laughs> no, I did. I, I had an Atari. You, I was going to bust your balls. I had an Atari. I'm pretty sure my parents got me a used one one year for Christmas. <laughs> They come in a box that came in a bag. Hey, whatever. <laughs> I played the fuck out of it though. But no, look, I'm with you on NHL 94. I don't think you were like, because you it was for people we were working at Millshire Floor Hockey, but we had a league there. We used to play and write down the, the games and the stats in a notebook all the time. Me, Tom, and Joan, handful of other people. And then the other game which you didn't mention, I don't know the year, but it was in the mid-90s. PGA Tour Golf. We used to play in Commonwealth all the time. Me, um, Mike Belsano, Joe P was playing. They, they, those guys would just be Marty. They would just rest in peace. They would just I got be high all the time. I got I got Commonwealth trauma. I know this is about <laughs> video games. I was living on the West Side in a really down era for me. Nobody would fucking come and pick me up because all you guys did was play Pinochle, and I didn't know how to play Pinochle. It was, but there was always Pinochle. Yeah, mainly. Pinochle. And I got I got left. I'm I'm broke. <laughs> I'm depressed as shit. To work in the phones, trying to get a ride to North Buffalo and, and whatnot, <laughs> nobody would come and get me. I have I have severe Commonwealth trauma. I don't want to go back to uh to that apartment. Last question: We got five minutes left. Uh, at Neon Neon Clap says, "What was your favorite thing about whatever area you grew up in?" Well, grew up in basically the same area, but what's your favorite thing when you look back now? And what was your favorite thing about where we grew up? Which, by the way, for people watching, listening who don't know West Side. Oh man, I couldn't. It's you know, the live the growing up years for me took such a dramatic turn in 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 eighth grade and fourth and then eighth grade. I go from the city up until fourth grade. Mm -hmm. All right, 
Then I get bounced out to the country in Eden from fourth through just before ninth started, and then back to the city um, in in ninth. So, you know, I was all over the place as far as really enjoying the uh, the community and stuff like that. And for the most part, you know, uh, we were all a bunch of kind of you know jerk offs. Uh, sure. Even though I, I want to yeah. make some sort of reference to you know friends and stuff like that being 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 close but um i don't really like any of them enough so i'm gonna i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna cap out with this one because of the the trajectory that it took after i eventually left the uh the area but it's the diversity in the city for me yeah. uh, you know what i mean it's the uh um it's we lived it's, in we lived in pretty diverse times, I think. Yeah, when we were but teenagers, you know, it's the um, that was important. That it, it became important. Yeah. Um, you know, as 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 life went on, sure. at least to the person that I became, I sure became a very diverse person. <laughs> All right, so maybe we will, maybe we'll cut out the Eden years. Although Eden was fun and it was nice to get some country living. If I'm going to answer that question like that, then obviously the focus is on the city. The focus is on the West side as far as where I grew up. And I'm glad that it still thrives, you know, yeah. although the West side that I grew up on is now starting to kind of price, <laughs> you know, price out the middle class a, a, a little bit, but still, man, um, I, I'm an Elmwood village kind of guy. And the fact that, you know, the streets I hung on to, and, and, and the area that I um, frequented most in, in the high school years, even though mostly all in debauchery, um, the, the fact that that has grown and thrived sure. with, uh, with good people. Um, and like I said, a, a, a community that embraces diversity and, and celebrates uh, a lot of the things that us snowflakes love to celebrate my kind of uh my kind of spot i still whenever i go to the west side i always drive around about seven or eight spots just kind of sit there park for a minute catch some memories i didn't bounce around i grew up on the west side here as we wrap up my favorite thing about it is it, it seems like you knew your neighbors well everybody knew everybody whereas i i think of my son and he didn't get that experience man we lived all over the place fucking growing up with shane we lived in fucking wakawana Chictawaga for a little bit. Well, very little bit, but Blaisdell, Orchard Park. We've been in West Seneca. We've been all over the place. Shane just bounced around every year, year and a half his whole life. And even like in today's just society, neighbors don't know each other. I've been living here for fucking three and a half years or actually two and a half now, four before that. I don't think I know three neighbors on this street. That wasn't the case when we grew up. Everybody fucking knew everybody. Because, because you have turned into someone who doesn't <laughs> celebrate diversity <laughs> and you move out to the fucking southern <laughs> tier where nobody else does either. <laughs> and thus you have no fucking neighbors, let alone any neighbors with beautiful brown skin. <laughs> All right, we're going out. That's going to do it for this episode. Um, Tony will be back with me. I don't know if he knows this or not yet, but he will be back in studio with me next week, actually, for two shows. We're going to have a, an entire episode actually dedicated to the Buffalo Sabres, some mid-season highs and lows, kind of like an award show, uh, so to speak. So look for that next week, all kinds of stuff coming up.
Talk to you guys later. Have a good weekend.